Under the Dome Radio initial reactions to Black Ice Season 2, Episode 11, recorded September 8th, 2014. Welcome back for another episode of Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome This is episode 44 of Under the Dome Radio, so the show notes will be at underthedomeradio.com slash 44. And we've got to hear your thoughts and theories this week, listeners. Please let your voice be heard. Go to underthedomeradio.com slash feedback for all the details on how you can let your theories, your thoughts, your comments, your positives, your negatives, whatever it is you're thinking about tonight's episode of Under the Dome, let us know about it. I am at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm at Troy Heinrichs. My blood pressure, or is it my barometric pressure, is definitely rising this evening after this week's episode. We are glad to be with you, and we will get right into the initial thoughts with, of course, our good friend, Becky Pine. But nobody calls her that anymore. No, because she's all grown up. The science teacher, I swear, all she knows is science, so of course it qualifies her to be a trauma ER doctor. How on earth did she live through all of this? Oh, Becky Pine, Becky Pine. I want to know what happened to her in high school now that Pauline was giving her the grief of calling her Becky versus Rebecca. So was she picked on in high school? Because the fans are sure picking on her throughout the course of the season. And I thought she was so much younger that she wasn't even really on the radar back in the day when Big Jim and Pauline were in school. I thought she came from out of town or something. Oh, you think she's more of the age bracket of Hunter that maybe they were in art class together? That's what I think. Um, Learning how to draw those stick figures and flames and things. They kind of debunked our great listener Hank's theory right off the bat at the beginning of this episode. The egg was not intercepted by Lyle. It's landed right there in the playground, pulsating. And then the next thing you know, Troy, fully spinning egg whites. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the first time the egg actually looked like an egg. (laughs) Well, it almost looked like an egg. Well, at least one of those white pasteurized ones. I mean, if you're into the organic cage-free brown eggs, then no, it didn't look like one of those. You can't just pick it up and walk away with it, even if it's sitting in a playground. That's one thing I want to know about. Like, we had kind of this... If you touch the dome once, you get zapped, and the second time, you're fine. And it seems like that's kind of the same concept with the with the egg. I was going to say mini dome, but... <laughs> same thing. There would be a mini, mini dome, I guess, at this point. Uh, he, he touches it with the pliers, and he gets a little zap, and then he was able to actually pick it up before the egg finally fights back and says, shablam! It's just not making any sense. And then back at the dome, you can just touch the uh, dome all you want, but... Just to make sure that we, the viewers, know you're touching the dome. It leaves those nice, uh, almost like futuristic handprints on it. Uh, Were you thinking Christmas story at that moment? Stuck? Stuck? Stuck! (laughs) I love Christmas story, but you got to be careful with those BB guns. You could shoot your eye out. I thought it was really great how the dome started to move. And I wonder, has the dome been moving the entire time? Or when did it start moving? Was it after the magnetism? Because this is a, a big question now on how the climate itself might actually be able to have climate in the dome. I mean, in the book, we don't really have a climate. We have a giant magnifying glass 
And here we have tornadoes and rain and wind and dust and freezing temperatures because we're pulling the upper atmosphere down to our level. So is it the spinning of the dome that is causing the climate to happen? Let's just say the dome in the novel by Stephen King is a lot more realistic. I mean, who's to say that it's even the dome that's moving? Maybe the dome is perfectly still as far as the universe goes, and it's just the rotating Earth that's moving. And I love how they just come out and like, well, the dome is a sphere. How do you know? Did you dig all the way to the bottom? You're assuming that it's a sphere because of the way the mini dome was shaped, which to me, to this day, still looked like an egg. Right. It very well could be a giant, whatever it's made out of, egg that goes way underneath the earth for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, if Stephen King had have written this episode, because each week I think, oh, if Stephen King was writing this, what would have happened? So this week, I envisioned that when Joe McAllister licked the dome as if it was a flagpole and it started going down, that it was going to pull Joe McAllister's head right into the soft, fertile soil of Chester's Mill. But Stephen King did not write this episode. Would it have pulled him actually into the soil, you think, or would it have ripped his tongue out? Um, Either would be a sufficient uh, Stephen King uh, adaptation, I believe. Well, I think Pauline has some of the better lines of the evening Really? Well, the best one I thought she had was when she's talking to Big Jim and she's kind of giving him the, you know, what for. And she says, your good intentions never produce good results, Big Jim. I was not thinking nice things about Pauline right there. She was just way bombastic and annoying. I mean, Big Jim makes a good point in this scene. You know, if Barb's and Julia hadn't kept the tunnels and the cliffs a secret for so dang long, Everybody could have gotten out of there a long time ago. Big Jim's plan was actually far better. And, uh, you know, Barbie. So I don't know why Pauline is. I know, obviously, she only really cares about Junior and she still loves Lyle. But she is awfully mean to Big Jim. Well, and he, the thing that comes to mind is just, she's like, make it stop. Make it stop. You know, the, the, the drawings that just keep coming and whatever. And now she's like well, now I can't draw because of you and the voices are gone because it's like, okay, are you bipolar or something? You, you didn't want these things. And now you're saying you want these things. She's a little messed up. That's for sure. Now let's go ahead. You alluded to science a little bit earlier. We've got Joe and Rebecca Pine talking all sorts of science theories again. And all of these science theories about the dome and the weather and what's causing these things every single week. It's getting really old and really, really, really annoying. Just saying. Gotta have something to talk about. The show could go for three to five seasons, says Neil Bear from Comic-Con. <laughs> I, I was just glad that uh, just as with every episode this season, ever since they got the new uh, promotional ties, the Prius is charged and ready to go. And they just happen to have a charging plug that fits those cords right outside of the high school. Of course. E even Big Jim was driving the Prius. I guess they just leave the keys in the car because, you know, they are trapped under a dome. So anybody that wants to hop in and take it for a spin for whatever reason, go for it. Well, someone that has a Prius will have to give us a call at plus one nine zero four four six nine 
7469. I want to know that if you slam on your brakes on black ice, will it actually conduct enough energy to recharge the batteries? I'm not sure if it'll do that, but I do want to hear a listener who has one kind of fill us in on that. I can tell you that I think the effect of the Prius on the black ice would have been a lot safer than good old Barbie's ambulance driving skills. Okay, so let's talk about ambulances. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's always a good podcasting topic. Last time I took a ride in an ambulance, I thought for sure that there was these things called oxygen tanks and at least free oxygen flowing within the ambulance. And I think even Grey's Anatomy had a very accurate episode, if you will, for this exact situation. But they had a a thing where the ambulance fell over and they were worried about a car coming along and crashing into them because the oxygen tanks would explode. So with the way that that ambulance went down, don't you think that that oxygen tank would have been more of a pressure cooker, if you will, for the situation more than just the hypothermia and the, you know, romantic stab in the leg? Oh, my goodness. I, I have no idea because mostly I haven't watched any Grey's Anatomy. But I'm thinking when you're talking about the oxygen tanks that maybe we should add some of those to the sidebar of our site under the dome radio.com right below the propane tanks in case somebody wants to donate oxygen instead of propane. What do you think? That's a good point. You could live a lot longer on oxygen than propane. If you're breathing it instead of burning it or powering your podcasting radio station. Sure. Good old Hunter. You know, I've been suspicious of this guy for a couple of weeks now and he is just lying left and right and asking all these weird questions. And just even Joe, even Joe McAllister is getting suspicious now. Well, the better part is that it is football season, which means gambling for entertainment purposes only is open. So who had the over and who had the under on Hunter being a bad guy? Probably many people, I would think. I mean, as soon as he called Joe boss, it it was obvious because only moles would call somebody like Joe boss. I'm pretty sure. Well, and the bigger question is, is do you believe that he's still on the side of good when the end of the episode comes around? Or do you think he's still working for Don Barbara? I think at the rate that uh, almost everybody in Chester's Mill is flip flopping their allegiances and their um, personalities and everything else, I it, it could be anything. It all depends on basically it's like odd and even if it's an even numbered episode. He might be on um, a mole. Odd numbered episodes, he'll be good. So it all depends on how many episodes they get in before the show gets canceled. And whatever one they're on, that will be our answer. How scientific is that, Rebecca Pine? Very scientifically thought out indeed. Speaking of science, not that we're going to go back to Rebecca Pine. <laughs> okay. But I would really like to know from someone that might be medically inclined or a doctor, again, plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine, is the hypothermia situation that Barbie was talking about with Julia, you know, your heart will stop, it, your leg won't bleed out. Is, is it possible for that situation to actually be true? I'm assuming that the writers did the research and that this is possible but I'm just curious if someone can actually confirm that, yes, this is indeed a possible solution that could have a positive turnaround. Either that or you just wait until obviously the dome is going to change the weather again and the warm orange hues are going to start coming onto people's faces and it's a sunny day 
and all is well. So we should not have feared at all. Everything was totally fine. The black ice has already melted. It's but a fond memory. Uh, who knows what weather patterns coming our way next. But while it was still cold, Lyle finally comes bubbling up. And I don't know why it took him a couple days longer than everybody else. And my question is, did anybody else think that for at least a minute that Big Jim was going to let Lyle just drown and or freeze? I was sitting there. I was like, nope, he's going to walk away. Nope, he's going to walk away. Splash. Oh, man, come on, Big Jim. <laughs> <laughs> he is the kinder, gentler Big Jim. Well, I think it took Lyle a little bit longer to come back because he was just so amazed at how beautiful it was that the whole world was on fire. Flames <laughs> a thousand feet up. Lyle is definitely the most interesting character on Under the Dome. This guy's got a one-track mind. Are you ready to die, Big Jim? Because the end is coming. And where do you want to end up? And obviously this alludes to that latest uh, masterpiece that Pauline was painting last week with, with or without any paint on her brush. What is going to really happen that's going to encapsulate that scene? Obviously they're leading us to that. So is there going to be some sort of other attack on the dome or maybe this time they really will use an actual nuclear weapon what could cause flames a thousand feet high i don't know but i suggest you read the book if you have not at under the dome radio.com slash book that was a good tie in there troy wink wink <laughs> what could possibly happen next i mean obviously at the very end of the episode it's not necessarily weather related you know with the dome Shrinking now, <laughs> of course, of course, it's going to do that. Well, the thing that I loved about the shrinkage, it actually looked like writers knew what they were doing all along, because back in the first episode of season two, they said, yeah, it's kind of groaning like it's contracting like a pregnant woman. But it wasn't really a pregnant woman contraction. It meant like real contraction. It is, it is getting smaller. OK, maybe it's a stretch. <laughs> it is a bit of a stretch, but I, I like that. I'm just trying to envision how many more episodes are we going to go before some people start dying in Chester's Mill? I mean, this is under the dome, and I know they're diverging totally from the book, but still, the whole premise was it's dangerous under this dome. People's lives are in the balance. People are going to die. This is a television show about a catastrophe, but other than, you know, Phil jumping off a cliff into a stalagmite, stalactite, whichever, I don't know. I don't care. He's dead. Rest in peace, Phil. Uh, other than that, everybody's living pretty well. Stalactites hang tight to the ceiling. Stalagmites grow from the ground. Gee, stalag. Now, did I mention that I didn't care? <laughs> but thank you for that. I feel better just knowing. <laughs> hey, come on. Tom's wife died tonight. The man was heartbroken. He just let a fire, and the next thing you knew, he fell asleep, and then his wife is dead. So you got one death. What more do you want? Major people involved in the story. They've been hinting at it. Are they going to save it all? For, you know, there's only two episodes left this season. Are they going to save any calamities or supposed threatened calamities till the final episode? I mean, I was thinking maybe tonight would have been a good time. You know, again, kind of a Stephen Kingy thing, if maybe Juliet... Babs, Joe, Hunter, 
um, Pauline, all of them. And, and of course, Sam, too. That's the second time you've said Barb's or Babs. Are these just nicknames for Barbie that you're coming up with off the top of your head? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, he's he's such a superhero and driving ambulances and 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 saving. I mean, okay, one last thing on this little mini rant here. Again, he's known Julia three whole weeks, and he's already talking about when they make it out of this ambulance, we can have kids. Whatever, I'm like. Are you kidding me? Yeah, if I didn't have this metal rod in my leg, this might almost be romantic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my favorite part of the whole episode was with Big Jim. I didn't know he had this type of sense of humor when he was talking about Lyle. And he said, you know, you know, now that Lyle's back from his travels through time and space, I give that one to Big Jim. That was pretty clever. My favorite part of the episode was actually the junior and big Jim conversation when he was like, yeah, I knew mom was alive for a week. You're not as smart as you think you are, dad. You know, these people are really going to tick off big Jim Rennie with it. Everybody is keeping these secrets. And now big Jim knows that all these people are keeping secrets. You know, Pauline really loves Lyle. James, don't call me junior, knew that his mom was alive and contacting him from Zenith. And Juliet and Babs were keeping a secret about the underground tunnel and the cliff where everybody could have escaped. But now that chance is gone and they're now trapped under that dome. And because we are a radio station, we interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you this public service announcement. It is never a good idea to heat your home with your oven. Do not open your oven door and heat your home. It is not recommended. Very, very true. This has been a special public service announcement and in all seriousness, that is 100% correct. Do not do what those people did. You know, winter's coming. Don't do it. It is far more dangerous than they make it appear on the show. At the end, the dome's shrinking, and we have to tune in to two more episodes to find out what other... I mean, what haven't we had? Uh, endless night, endless day. I think they've had everything. Well, they haven't had R2-D2 interface with the computer yet in order to stop the walls from closing in on them in the garbage compactor. Now, that would be fantastic. Anything could happen. You never know under the dome. Well, if you have a crazy theory just like that one, you could give us a call at plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine. You could also visit us at underthedomeradio.com slash feedback where you can leave an MP3, upload a cool picture, you can just go ahead and fill out the form right there and share a thought or concept with all of us for our full fan feedback episode that is coming out later this week. It's been a wild ride. I am finally warmed up and I can feel my toes again. So with that, we will say adieu for this evening. Again, I am at Troy Heinrichs. And I'm at Wayne Henderson. We'll be talking to you soon. But until then, they trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life. Laugh with our clean comedy. Theorize over great television shows and so much more. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.